listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. You're listening to the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the show. I can't believe it. We are continuing to go at a really good clip and getting good content on the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the comments that I've received. I really appreciate that. Each week, we bring experts that can help you with getting ideas to get more clients. I really believe that the model that we should follow in business development is get more business, get better business, meaning you get better quality clients, people that appreciate you, people that pay you on time, and then eventually get all the business. You want to be number one in your field so that even if you don't get all the business from a certain organization, you at least want to be the first one that they think of. And I try really hard to bring quality experts to you that can help you do just that. And we have a perfect example of that today. We have Ross Fishman. Now, I'd met Ross several years ago, probably about five or six years ago. I saw him speak at the National Association of Legal Search Consultants, and he gave a presentation about marketing. And the concepts that he shared were impacting so much that I remember them to this day, and it made a difference in how I present myself to my clients and to my candidates. So we're going to get into Ross's brain a little bit, and our topic is how to differentiate yourself so your target clients hire you and not your competitors. Now, Ross is the CEO of Fishman Marketing, and he helps law firms, accounting firms, other professional services firms dominate their chosen markets and generate revenue. He's a credentialed expert on marketing, and make sure you check out the show notes. I've got his links where he's got some interesting resources, even some funny videos that make some salient points about what many professional services firms are doing wrong and how they market themselves. Also, make sure you connect with Ross on LinkedIn. As always, thank you for the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate that, and I hope you get some great ideas from Ross today. As always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions Legal Intelligence Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. We've got our guest today, Ross Fishman. Ross, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, Scott. Uh, good to be here. Now, our topic today is how to differentiate yourself so your target clients hire you and not your competitors. That's what we all want, right? Yes. And so I remember the first time meeting you, Ross, I saw you speak at our conference, National Association of Legal Search Consultants, talking about marketing. And I remember so much of your presentation. You're a great storyteller. You've got very good advice that helped all of us in the room. So you're obviously an expert on marketing within professional services, especially law firms. So this topic of differentiation, let me ask you, what does that mean exactly? Well, as we define it, there's a lot of definitions in marketing, obviously, but as I use it, it's a way of identifying who you are as a, an individual, a professional, as a practice area, an office, or the entire firm in a way that, that describes your true character so that you give people a reason to see how you're different than your competitors and choose you uh, to hire you, to join you, to work with you instead of another firm that is also highly skilled, but looks more typical like all the rest. We want you to stand out for something. Right. Why do you think that's important for us to keep that in mind? You know, in every field, in every industry or profession, 
there is sort of the lowest common denominator that firms tend to devolve down to, that everybody uses the same cliches, everybody claims expertise and quality and service orientation, they claim to uh, value their client relationships and so on, and that is largely true. The problem is it doesn't give people a reason to choose you. It doesn't help you tell your story in a way that's unique, and we really want you to be true to who you are and convey that message to the marketplace so that you'll get hired more often and by the right clients. Yeah, interesting. And now when you've seen one big law firm, a lot of times you've seen them all. They all kind of look the same. They all have the same type of people. They do the same things there. So what are some examples that you've seen, some variables that you've helped bring front and center for some of your clients? What are some examples of that? You know, some firms, and the larger the firm and the more it is a product of mergers, the more homogenized they tend to be. Right. So the smaller firms tend to at least have the more unique ability to be different because there are fewer people who can bond more closely around a particular culture. But it works as well for larger firms if they've strategically decided to create that and then been true to themselves. Mm -hmm. Some firms are tough. Some are smart. Some are, you know, in an intellectual sort of way. Some value being creative problem solvers. Some are very much by the book, straight ahead, A to B to C, where some are much more out of the box thinkers. Some are, some value diversity. Some value compassion. You can be, you can select an adjective that feels true to you and your your institution. But the more laterals you have, the more people come and go, the more watered down the message becomes because, and this is particularly important today when recruiting is so important, it becomes hard for people to understand why they should join your firm instead of another. Right. And so we want you to figure out what that thing is that you stand for. And there are firms in Chicago where I'm from Kirkland and Ellis, for example, one of the large category of large firms. Kirkland's known for being sort of tough and aggressive. Now, there's Mm -hmm. a thousand or so lawyers there, but they're known to be tough and aggressive. And that is a core value of theirs that they have earned and reinforced over time. So they're not just out there merging with anybody. If they're going to merge, it feels to me like they're going to merge with a firm that has that same style and approach. And so they maintain their culture that way. Yeah. Oh, so let me ask you this. When you talk about culture, you talk about core values, is that it? Is that the only place we should look for a differentiation? What are some other examples outside of culture and core values that you've seen organizations, practice groups, even individuals have been able to uh, showcase that distinction? Obviously, this, this has to start from the clients. You want to add value to a certain category of clients in a certain way. You know, we want them to see the thing that they want in their professionals in us. And so, you know, we can, we can value something that they don't care about. And that's, that may be good to build your culture, but that's not good for marketing purposes, for business development. And so we want to understand who our ideal clients are, who our ideal personnel is. What, what do we want the people who work with us and work for us? What kind of people do we want them to be so that we can then use our differentiation, our branding, our messaging 
so that they can see themselves and see that's the thing I've been looking for. I want to be part of that. Right, right. Do you think they should reach out to their clients, ask for their help in this sort of exercise? I think they can. I think that it's difficult for the clients. I mean, I've done this, I've literally done this project hundreds of times for hundreds of firms from, you know, thousand lawyer firms and solo practitioners. And so we've done this a lot of different times, a lot of different ways. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we bring in clients on the front end. And what I found is that it's obviously it's all about the clients, that that's the point of our existence. But it's hard for the clients to really understand how one firm is different from another. And so interviewing a client to say, what do you like about a particular firm? We tend to get the same platitudes. They're really smart. I like them. They're service oriented. They do a good job. And that doesn't give me as the marketer really anything to work with. That's the, the bottom standard. We want what else, what's different, what's unique. And they generally don't have enough deep insight into enough of the firm's competitors to really be able to judge. Right. So are there any patterns that you've seen when firms or practice groups, individuals go through this? What's kind of the general trend that you've seen? What do they have in common with each other when they finally get that? How would you describe that? You know, the way to go about that is what I do, my process is first I conduct a series of one-on-one interviews, Mm -hmm. hour-long interviews, because if you want people to tell you the truth, you got to close the door and make it confidential. And Because if you were to ask them what's unique about your firm, they'll use the same platitudes. They just don't know. But for firms that have a culture, and many of them don't, the culture is we all practice law and want to make a lot of money. And (laughs) that's the culture, you know, that they really haven't spent any time working on that. And that's, that's okay. That's just not, that's not a firm that really wants to differentiate itself for, for its values. And so what I do is I conduct these interviews. And then through the course of these conversations, you can elicit the information that they've never been able to voice themselves or really identify. But it's the probing questions that then extract that information from them. And then you hear, over time, you hear a common thread emerge because there is a reason that they're still practicing at this firm. They just haven't really figured it out for themselves. But but then to answer your question, when I hear it and I reflect it back to them, you can almost hear them think, yeah, that's, yeah, that is right. (laughs) That is who I am or that is who we are or, or that is why we're here together. And they really appreciate the fact that finally somebody has helped them determine who they are and why they should be proud of the firm that they're at. And it's really a a pivotal moment for all of them. And it's really, it's a lot of fun and very rewarding to help an entire organization do that. That's exciting to be able to step back and see what you've done, see that impact that you've made. I'm sure that's very rewarding. It's one of the reasons that that, I mean, I could do a lot of different kinds of marketing work and I do, but the branding work I particularly like because, you know, unlike coaching where you can help a specific professional with a particular thing and there's value in that, but with a good brand, you can help the entire thousand person organization and everybody's individual marketing efforts all at once. And that's, that's what I find most fun. most rewarding. That's, that's exciting. Let me ask you this then. Let's say there's an individual here that's part of a large firm, but they've got a unique practice. They've got something pretty special and nobody else has that, and they want to market that. And the firm's brand, the firm's platform, that's good. 
but they themselves or their small group have some points of distinction and they want to kind of figure out what that is and see how they can bring that to market. What advice would you give to that individual or that leader of a small group? The brand message can never conflict directly. If you're at a tough firm, then it's hard. It can be hard to get out market trust in estates because people don't usually want a tough trust in estates lawyer, um, unless it's probate litigation or something contentious. But generally, you can have different messages. It's what I call the Venn diagram theory of, of marketing. That you can have the large umbrella message, one big circle. But then if you've got another small category, and I like to do this with particular industries, for example, where you're marketing very narrowly into a particular target audience or industry that doesn't overlap with the larger message. And so since those circles don't intersect, you can have your own thing off to the side a little bit, but you shouldn't have too many of those. And And so your practice group can go to market with a different message if they choose. Just understand that that for the larger buying public, whether it's you know legal services, financial services, those who know your institution will be thinking of you in a certain way. And it can be difficult if you conflict too directly with that. But it is possible to have sub-messages underneath that. So what are some specific examples that you've seen individuals have come up with? They can't talk about culture because it's themselves. It's not a collective group. But what are some examples of points of distinction. You know, again, I I try to come back to industry where I can, because I think that's the most efficient way to market. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in target marketing, niche marketing, focused marketing, where we identify a particular industry and you dominate that. And so that's the easiest way to do it. It's a finite audience. And, you know, you can be one of the market leaders in a category, in an industry. I am a general marketer. I could market cereal and real estate and accounting and kitchen and bath. And I do, and I have, and I'm good at it, but I'm really in the professional services. You know, I'm in law particularly. I'm one of the go-to guys in law because these are my people. I'm a lawyer. I've been immersed in this for 30 years and I add a lot more value. So although I can market anything, I'm on the automatic shortlist for certain work, particularly in legal and accounting. And so when you're trying to find your differentiation, it can be a personality issue, but I would rather you try to find an industry that you can dominate, that you can connect to your practice. So you can be the accounting firm for the pharmaceutical industry. You can be real estate for certain kinds of projects or, you know, or types of structures, you know, construction may do just dams or bridges and tunnels or strip malls, or schools, or prisons, or find an audience that you can market to. Because once you've decided that you're going to market to the legal, you're going to market to lawyers, or legal, the legal industry, well, now there are trade associations that you can join and become a big shot in that small group. It's the big fish in the small pond theory. And that's what I think. If your marketing isn't, your individual marketing isn't that successful, try that. It works better. I think those are great points, and that's some, those are some great ideas. One thing I've seen on the recruiting side, which is sales, you are selling an organization to prospects, and right now, people are all out there looking for the same people at the same time. 
And one thing I've done, and you'd appreciate this when I'm meeting with the law firm leader, whether it's a chairman or a practice group leader or the, the high-level staff that it's doing it, I'll say, what is distinct? What is unique about your firm? How do you differentiate yourself? And the one thing that they'll say is culture. And the issue with that is that everybody's got culture. Everybody's got great culture. So I'll ask them this question. I'll say, what can you say about your firm that no other law firm can say about their firms? And it causes them to stop and think about this. And I've gotten some pretty good points. One, I'll never forget one firm that was a smaller Midwestern firm. They said, we have sales coaches on staff that we have uh, consult to our partners and associates, teaching them how to do business development. I thought that's a unique variable, things like that. What are some other things related to that that you've seen within law firms? Some other, is it processes, do you think? Are those strong enough to be distinct and differentiation? Is it the size of the, the firm, the offices that they have? What are some other variables that you think organizations have been able to use effectively to show distinction? You know, it can be any of those things, and it can be almost anything if it's a client-oriented distinction that you have, a process right. that you've created. Or these days, it's not as much about the clients because there's so much business out there. Most of the work that I'm doing now in the branding area is to make the firm more attractive for recruiting. Right. Business is everywhere, but they don't have enough bodies to do the work. And so we've got to make a firm look unique and distinctive and attractive to a lateral audience of associates who have shown a total lack of loyalty under COVID. And that's not a criticism, that's an observation. <laughs> they have earned every bit of that. And you know, the top laterals, where should they go? I can make more money elsewhere, almost anywhere else. If I go somewhere and bring my book, I can go, I can make more money. The question is, which of these 10 firms that are all quality that would all like me to join them should I go to? And then the question is, well, where do I fit best? And so that that marketing, branding, differentiation for recruiting is the hottest area that I'm seeing. So right. to answer your question, it can be any of those things, processes. We've seen some law firms lately that I think have done a very effective job of this, shortening their partner track. Kirkland and Ellis, I mentioned earlier, they mm -hmm. shortened their partner track by a year to make themselves more unique. Sidley and Austin, in comparison to their top competitors, Sidley and Austin, another high quality firm, created a, an MBA program. So that, and I really like that because that, I think it's a Harvard program. And so you can, while practicing law, get credit to right. attend these classes and end up with sort of a, effectively an MBA, which works both to, both for retention purposes, because I'm halfway through my program, I'm not going to quit to go to another firm right. and then lose this opportunity. And also is attractive to business-oriented laterals who might be trying to decide between Kirkland and Sidley and Jenner and Mayor Brown and Winston and all these uh, SCAD and all these other firms that all are high quality and pay around the same amount of money. So that's another one that, that has been used. Uh, if people are focusing on leveraging their diversity or diversity in certain ways, LGBTQ being mm -hmm. accepting and comfortable, creating a welcoming environment. Um, there's a lot of different ways that, that you can do this, but understand what your target audience is looking for and then see how you can create something creative that would give them something when the scales all look about the same, then it's all about money. And if right. there's something else that you can do that tip the scales a little more in your favor to keep people longer and cause more people to select you, that's an extraordinary value. Absolutely right. And those are very good points. 
And let me talk about your book. And I love the title. I love the book, by the way. We're smart, we're old, and we're the best at everything. In one chapter, you talk about embracing your true character. What does that mean exactly? Well, it's sort of what we've been talking about, identifying who you are really. What do you do well? What do you value? What kind of people are you? And conveying that to the marketplace so that people, because you want like-minded people to see themselves in you. Mm -hmm. And so if you say that you're tough sons of bitches, that's what you are. And you value that about yourself. And I've worked with firms that, that are like that. That's who they are. That's how they roll. And if you want that, you should go there. You should be part of that firm as a personnel, as a lawyer, as a client. But if you're not, if that's just not comfortable, that's not the style that you prefer, you should also know that. So you avoid that. There's plenty of other quality firms that are a better fit for you. That's very good advice. So let me kind of ask you this, if you could summarize this to our listeners, the people that want to get started finding out how can they differentiate themselves, what would be some action steps? If you could put it down into three action steps they could take to get started implementing some of the ideas that you've shared, what would you suggest? You know, the first one is identify your target client, your ideal client. So, you know, who have you represented that you really liked and thought, I want more like him or her, right? Because you've got a better affinity with, with those kinds of people. So where do those people go? Once you've identified who they are, then you can tell where they go and what industry they're in or something where you can find more of them. So that once you do, you have a much more fulfilling career because you're surrounding yourself with people you like, with issues that you like, and it just becomes more rewarding. So first, understand that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, identify what the unique benefit it is that you offer to people like that. You can try to come up with that yourself. It can be very difficult to be introspective and objective about yourself. And so I would suggest here's where you can get help from your partners, from your family and friends, and from your clients. Ask them what makes you different from other lawyers and professionals. And don't settle for your nice, your quality, your (laughs) phone calls. That's where they will start. And we want more than that. And then we need you third to Push that out to the marketplace as creatively, as uniquely, as persuasively as possible. No cliches, no skylines and gavels and globes and handshakes and and, all of the bland cliches that we tend to lapse to when we don't really know what to say. Got nothing to say? Show a picture of our building or our lobby. (laughs) And that just doesn't work. Avoid the cliches and get, get bold, get creative. Well, that's great advice for us. Tell us about the offerings that you have, some of the things that you have available and what you do that can benefit our listeners. Well, thanks. Uh, Principally, this is the area that we market in, in Fishman Marketing. We offer branding differentiation services. Typically, again, it's for firms and practices. These days, it's much more aimed at helping them with their recruiting purposes. So if you're looking to do more and better recruiting, looking to hire more laterals, That's one of the services that we offer. We also do a lot of website development. Once we've developed this brand, then you need to put it somewhere. And the principal place that goes is on websites. So we're one of the larger website developers in the professions. And a lot of marketing training. Professionals need to know, you know, they're anxious to learn how to do more marketing, how to do better marketing and build their books of business. And we do a lot of training. These days, it's all webinars. It's all on Zoom. That's right. 
call me anytime for that. That's great. We're going to put those links for your information on the show notes. So to our listeners, you can go there and check it out and connect with Ross. I'll put your LinkedIn link on there as well, Ross. So people will be able to connect with you directly. Thanks so much for being a guest here. We're going to bring you back in the future. And I really do appreciate your time and your expertise that you've shared with us today, Ross. Yeah, my pleasure. Delighted to speak with you. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.